Welcome to Subject Matter, where we help leaders navigate the tricky waters of building a company. We are shining a light on the subtleties that unlock empathetic communication, letting you build powerful relationships. I'm your host, Ben Bradbury, the founder of Astutely, and together we empower B2B leaders with messages that connect with their customers and employees' heads and hearts. And now, let's get into today's story. The Spirit of Caesar in the Soul of a Woman This artist, who was a repurposing machine, was none other than Artemisia Gentileschi, the 17th century's greatest female painter. She carved a name for herself and has empowered women for centuries. But the subtle thing that most people miss about Artemisia is exactly how she shared her work. She distributed her paintings to the right people and built relationships at an elite level with the royal courts of Europe's finest. On today's episode, we're unlocking the subtle secrets of Artemisia Gentileschi's success and how not every canvas is as it seems when it comes to repurposing and distributing. We'll pull out the insights that you can use, whether you have a podcast, LinkedIn, newsletter, blog, or another channel entirely to repurpose your own messages effectively and build powerful relationships. Artemisia was Europe's most celebrated 17th century female painter, spanning a 45-year career, having gained following in Rome, Florence, Venice, London, and Naples. While growing up, she learned how to paint from her father, which springboarded her into taking the craft seriously at the age of 15. Artemisia was one of the first women to paint scenes that would play up the role of a female hero. She fundamentally saw things differently to all of the male artists that were competing with her, and it was this unique perspective that allowed her to feature women as the main protagonists in her scenes, from biblical, historical, and mythological stories that usually only male artists had painted up to this time. And this became a powerful window into the world for women who were not previously at the centre of attention. What's interesting about Artemisia's paintings is while her legacy of work is seen as strikingly original, that didn't mean that she needed to reinvent the creative wheel. And this is our first lesson for thought leaders today, that you don't need to start from scratch with sharing your ideas. You can repurpose the ideas and learn from others before you, like Artemisia. So let's look at our first example today. The painting I want you to picture in your mind's eye is the scene of a murder of the Assyrian king Holofernes at the hands of Judith. Artemisia painted it once and was stunningly successful, but unfortunately in the 17th century people don't have cameras to easily circulate the masterpiece. This painting had to be physically seen or physically sent around and moved to access different crowds. Now Artemisia realised this and knew that even though her painting was well-received, only a tiny portion of her potential audience could ever see it. So instead of creating something new, she leaned onto the success that she had already had and painted the murder of Holofernes not only once more, but three other times in total. And so this original painting found an audience in different parts of the world. She managed to expand her reach. 
And this ability to leverage her creativity occurred in her self-portraits too. Whether it's in the 17th century or in the 21st century, people connect with people. And so in order to have a powerful reputation or what we could call a personal brand today, Artemisia needed multiple versions of a painting of herself to spread her visual message and to build a brand affinity with the woman behind the paintings. And so she took the same portrait of herself and changed the outfits. Once she was under the guise of a musician as a lute player, and another time she even modelled herself as Catherine of Alexandria. She would make minor modifications But essentially, the new piece of art was just reinvented. It wasn't a net new painting. This strategy was both time efficient because she didn't have to start from scratch and it was effective because there was no reason to change anything about Artemisia except for subtly reframing the outfits that she was using. So what can we learn from Artemisia's approach to paintings? Thought leaders need to build personal connection. That's why in-person images of you are so important to share on social media. Artemisia repainted herself at least three times just to build this reputation so people knew who this woman was. If you did a photo shoot today, you can apply the same principle. You could take, let's say, 20 high-quality photos, but rather than upload them all in one batch, you can drip-feed them out over many months. You don't have to be taking pictures all of the time. If you batch your content ahead, people will be able to build a brand affinity with you and your face at the centre of your social channel, whichever channel you choose, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, something else, over time. The other important lesson here is that creativity is reinvention. When you discover something that works, spin it multiple different ways. So in the case of Artemisia, another example, she once painted Danae, a forthrightly erotic woman, lying in a pose, and then would go on to reuse the exact same composition to paint Cleopatra. It's not essential to create something new every single time. This is similar to the way that we operate here at Astutely. We repurpose these subject matter podcasts into LinkedIn content, into tweet storms on Twitter. So realize that there is more value to be squeezed out of an idea than you might first think. But that's only half of Artemisia's story. Once you've created your work, you need to distribute it too. Let's imagine you need to get your message out to your audience and you've only got 90 days to do it. But this time, I'm going to take away your laptop, your phone, and your internet, because guess what? It's the 17th century. Not only that, though, your message has to reach the elite of Europe, King Charles of England, powerful dukes in Tuscany, and nobles across the continent. So how do you do it? Well, this is the exact situation that Artemisia found herself in. To have a respectable career as a painter, she needed patrons, wealthy individuals who could fund her creative endeavours. So how did she go about marketing her work in the 17th century when Facebook ads and email marketing weren't even an idea yet? She invested in strategically shipping her paintings to the people that mattered in her audience. 
Ultimately, business leaders succeed due to the quality of their relationships. And this wasn't different at all for an ambitious painter in the 17th century. Artemisia would succeed due to the quality of her relationships, and so she surgically distributed to her audience, painting scenes that made these royal dukes and kings look great, playing to their ego. And with enough persistence, these attempts landed her patronage in the court of King Charles I himself, one of the most powerful men on the planet. Artemisia could never have kept creating paintings under a powerful patron without this careful distribution. But she didn't stop there, because Artemisia has one final trick to play in this episode. Being a creative mastermind, Artemisia knew that her superpower of coming up with a composition that would land for a specific audience was one part of the process, but she could delegate other parts of her art to other people to do the colouring and the background specifically so she could save precious time to focus on her strength of envisaging the next piece of art in her pipeline. She had a team that supported her, so rather than being a one-woman show that risked spreading herself too thin by attempting to be a jack-of-all-trades, she was built up by other people that complemented her weaknesses. And you'll notice here as well that this didn't dilute the power of her brand. I learned about Artemisia by an exhibition at the National Gallery in London. And there was no mention of her team by name. Artemisia was the brand that survived here. And it's the exact same for leaders today. Even if you are using a team, ultimately your name is the longest lasting business asset you're going to have, longer than any company that you work for. And so investing in that and investing in building up brand equity through that is absolutely key. And this brings us back to the heart of empathetic communication, which is putting yourself in the shoes of someone else and creating content that matches their emotional frequency. Artemisia is a shining example of how to build relationships with empathy. She knew that these 17th century leaders wanted glorified paintings that made them look powerful and important. And so she, alongside her team, were able to cater to this emotional need. And remember, just like how Artemisia broke down her painting process, you can assign parts of your creative workflow to others so you can save your precious time and energy to stay in your zone of genius doing what you do best. This is exactly what we do here at Astutely. We've got five team members working on subject matter to handle scripting, audio editing, sound design, distribution, and everything in between. So remember... Play to your creative strengths. Have a team to support you so they can plug the gaps and lift you higher than you ever could go alone. Are you a skilled communicator? Do you have subject matter expertise? Then it's probably worth you staying on the microphone or in front of the camera and letting a team pick up the slack. Find where your key relationships live online and double down on distributing to them specifically to gain traction. And when you have a great idea, don't recreate the wheel before you've repurposed it properly. Squeeze as much value out of it as possible. Artemisia was the 17th century's best-known female painter, and there's a similar opportunity for women in leadership roles today. 
Time and again during the COVID-19 pandemic, it was countries led by female leaders, Germany, Taiwan, New Zealand, that best handled the crisis. With smart creation, surgical distribution, and playing to your strengths, thought leaders today don't need a painting to build powerful relationships. They simply need an idea that they believe in and the conviction to share it. Hey, it's Ben here. Just before you head off, one quick thing. This podcast teaches you the skill of empathetic communication. And if you're interested in accelerating your empathetic communication and to start applying it to your brand and business, we've created an actionable five-step checklist which breaks down the exact steps you need to take to unlock this skill and start creating messages that connect with your customers and employees' heads and hearts. You can download it for free over on our website, weareastutely.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Subject Matter.